I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Akdung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. You're listening to the number one Millwall podcast. Before we go into today's conversation between Michael Avery and Harry Warren and myself regarding last night's Disappointing, shall we say, loss up there at Leicester. I thought I'd run our regular punditgames.co.uk question past you. Number one football podcast, number one football trivia game. Uh, you can order your copy of this fantastic ball game, quiz, football quiz questions for the football head in your life. Order it at punditgames.co.uk. If you select Akdung Millwall at the drop-down menu, the Lions Food Hub gets a small donation. So that's got to be worthwhile, and you're going to get a decent, decent board game as well. Anyway, we give you a teaser questions before each show with the answer at the end of today's edition. And this is one from the English Premier League in the 1990s for all you older listeners out there. On this day in 1994, this is this day being May the 7th, 1994, Everton 3, Wimbledon 2. Um, the Toffees, Everton seemed destined for relegation. What's new? What's new? jeopardising their 40-year stay in the, in the top flight. But come if the hour and come if the man, as this player nicknamed Diamond by the Merseysiders, scored twice for Everton as they came from behind to beat Wimbledon and so beat the drop. So Everton versus Wimbledon, 3-2, May the 7th, 1994. This is a, a winger um, in an Everton team, including Neville Southall, Snowden, Gary Ablett, Dave Watson, David Unsworth, Mr X on the right side of midfield, then John Ebrell, Barry Hall near the middle, Anders Limpar on the left, Arsenal player at one point, wasn't he? Up front, Tony Cotty, Millwall player, as well as uh, Paul Rideout. So who is Mr X on the right side of that Everton midfield? Nicknamed Diamond by the Merseysiders. Answer at the end of today's show, visit punditgames.co.uk for your copy of Pundit, the number one football trivia game. You're listening to Acton Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Set no Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Acton Millwall, number one Millwall podcast. We're speaking in the aftermath of last night's disappointing 3-2 loss at the King Power Stadium to Leicester City. Joining me to talk about last night's events, this show regular, and Irith Town aficionado is Michael Avery. How are you, Michael? Very well, Nick. Very well indeed. Good afternoon, dear listener. And hope all is well and your Christmas shopping ex- expeditions are going swimmingly well also. 
get down a club shop physically, not online, I think, is probably the best. Oh, do you know what? Just quickly, someone ordered something from the club shop for their kid and thinking it would be there in time for Christmas. I was like, no. <laughs> Christmas next year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas 2024. But enough club shop talking, uh, Michael. We, we've got a game to chew over last night. Um, very, very few of us and the 800-odd that travelled up, including, but those of us that watched it on on TV, probably had high hopes of getting much out of the the game. Um, and it was a strange mixture of, 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 a, of a result, really, because uh, at the risk of, a, you know, upsetting a few people, I thought we weren't bad in the first half. We actually played and contained a really strong and decent Leicester City side. And to get ahead and be leading at half-time, albeit with Lady Luck smiling upon us, I thought it was a real achievement. We then contrived, obviously, in Mill style to give it away in the second half. But to focus on the positives um, last night, um, I thought we didn't do badly in that first half. How did you see events, mate? Do you know what? I don't even think you can say it's just the first half, Nick. I think there's, there's not beat around the bush. They're just a really good side. You know what very, I mean? Very, very strong side. Very you know, they're, they're, they're a good side. They knock the ball around well. And you can kind of tell, I mean, not... Not that they're the architect, like they're the architect of what we want to be or anything like that, but ultimately, if that's the level you have to be anywhere remotely near to be challenging for promotion, um, we're a long way off. And you can see that the, the job that Joe Edwards has got because I thought, like you say, I thought we defended well. We got the early goal. I thought we defended really, really well, the best we could. But even then, at times, it was a little bit like. Um, you know, just just being on the kind of on the back foot, they didn't really allow us to breathe when we had the ball. Um, and like I said to you as well, they were finding all these little slippy and dinky through balls that you just sort of think that's just pure class. You know, they're sort of selling their shot. They're, they're they're selling to go one way. It's not even it's not even basics and old school attacking where it's like you know you drop a shoulder and then the defender follows it, then you push off. They they were doing things with the ball and some of the through balls they were playing. You're thinking. Even if you told Millwall defenders that ball was going through that exact moment, you ain't going to stop it. Some of their football was good. Down the right-hand side, they were superb. I thought Leicester City. This ain't the Leicester City podcast, obviously, but they were brilliant down that right-hand side. The 18 was a very dangerous winger. Um, I can't think of his name. Um, Played in the shirt number 18 for Leicester. Very Mm. dangerous. Um, But they, 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 they played to a level that we would struggle to... Well, we did struggle to match it, really. But we didn't do a bad job, listeners. I mean, I, it's it, in the immediate aftermath, when you go on social media, it's it's a bit raw and people, you know, post all sorts of stuff on, online. I, five changes last night. Let's have a look at the uh, the starting lineup just to kick us off because um, we can talk about Sarkic in goal and there's, there's, a, there's a, a debate to be had about him over Bart or Bart over him, really. Um, and we were playing a five-man defence. I, I, initially, I thought, like a lot of others, I think I thought the four-man, it actually was a 5-2-1-2 two, two formation. Um, almost Gary Rowett-esque, really, Michael, in, in our approach, because we, we, we looked to contain a very strong, decent side. And a side, incidentally, listeners, that if you want... We talked about our home form. Um, I think they're on, um, where is it? I've got the table here. Not after last night, nine wins at home from 11 home matches. So that's the measure of the opponents we were facing last night. And they, they looked the part. But we didn't do a bad job of largely keeping them quiet, Michael, and then getting ahead with a really well-taken goal. It was a nice, nice finish by Tom Bradshaw for that opener in nine minutes. 
yeah, there's been there's been question marks on Bradshaw from this podcast and and other people who have contributed in and things you see online. Um, but again, he, he he scored yesterday. It was a good finish as well. Nice finish. Um, nice and good. like you, you know, like you said, we contained them well. Sarkic again, we we will touch on shortly. We'll stay on the positives, but it was one of those real. It was it. It wasn't an over battling, given putting absolutely everything on the line. But it was as, it was as close to it as we could. Um, yeah. I think with some of the players you've got at the moment, that kind of governor um, way of playing football at Millwall isn't really there overly. But again, we, we I think the, I think they did the best they could. And talking about that eighteen on the right hand side, there's been multiple multiple question marks on Murray Wallace from myself um, included. Um, and, you know, we changed him at half-time because he was getting absolutely slaughtered. But, you know, oh, he's a bit older now of his level. We put on McNamara, who, yes, there were question marks. But, again, he's a younger, more apparently more potential. He couldn't contain him neither. No, I don't think anyone. I mean, the, the, the division is struggling to contain this side. So, I think that in the cold light of day, I mean, I, I was I went to bed last night, listeners, thinking to myself, um, we, we, we took a... We took a, a pasting. It wasn't an Ipswich pasting. Um, this is my cold light of day take on it. Yes, we got beat three two in the end, late late consolation goal, but it wasn't a pasting in that sense. We we were we were holding just about a very decent side, and I think there is. I'm just a little bit concerned this season, Michael, that we 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 keep being unlucky. You know, we were or giving games away in in the silly. Moments, we, you know, we we're unlucky in the sense that the referee started handing out yellow cards left, right, and centre last night, and we were lucky to dodge a penalty because it was a penalty <laughs> that uh, I think it was Wes Harding clattered into into um, uh, you know, the the forward for Leicester, and so we you know we, we dodged a couple of bullets in that sense. They missed a couple of chances, actually, a really decent chance they put high over the bar when it came in from the right side. But equally, to get to half-time leading, the top of the table side, one of the best sides in in our division, if not the best side, to be ahead at half-time and then give it up so softly after the so break. So cheaply, wasn't it? So cheaply with poor defending. I was looking at both of the goals today uh, on the, on the uh, website, earlier on the club website. And last night, I, I'll be honest with everyone listening, I thought it was Sarkic at fault for both of them. I think certainly has a measure of involvement in both goals, but it was poor defending as much as it was poor goalkeeping. Would that was that fair in your opinion? Do you think? Um, I, th- I think you're probably right. I think uh, I, th- I think it might have been the second one, um, the second goal. I think you can possibly blame Sarkic's spatial awareness. You know, like he's right over on the near post, it loops over and yeah, he's nowhere near yeah. it. Um, which you can argue, um, but again, it's it's allowing the player to get the cross in. It's not knowing, like again, if you, the reason you play sort of five defenses or or three sort of centre halves, if you will, with um, with wing backs instead of having three and two wide midfielders, is because you you can afford to have an extra player in the defence or in defensive positions. And then the third goal, how how that was scored, is probably inexcusable as well because there was a, there was enough chances to either get rid of it or chuck your body in the way. And it still ended up going in somehow. But um, Sarkic, jury's out. I mean, I saw someone the other day mention sort of we're falling into the trap with Sarkic that we fell in with George Long a little bit in the sense that we had a keeper in Bartu. Let's be honest as well. 
there's, there's Gibb Bartson credit here. Start the season, when he came in for that Reading game, everyone said he was done. See you later on, we'll drive mm. you down. Yeah, 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 he'd had it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but recently he's been a little bit more on it. He's been a little bit more, um, obviously, back to, I wouldn't say back to his 100% best, but he's pulling off some of these match-winning saves that, that he used to do or, you know, keeping us in games. Um for a goalkeeper who, again, the, the jury's at. But I just want to say, you, you touched on there about the strength of the division and strength of the teams. You know, like I was watching the game last night, we were like with my dad and, and all that. And mm. I just sort of said to him, uh, you know, to a point, um, it, it's it's amazing how, yes, under Rao at the start of the season, we weren't brilliant. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not questioning that. And a lot of people are still very much sort of good thing we got rid of him, <clears throat> which again is your prerogative listener. But I sort of said, I can't, Understand how we went from a team who was obviously, you know, top top eight, top ten, pushing up a lot um, for the majority of the last few years. And again, you look at the players we brought in, Nick. We brought in Denore. Everyone was raving about him. I saw people online. Whoa! I, I watched the Belgian Pro League every other week. He's brilliant. You know, um, you know, like Nesbit. Oh, Nesbit was the player we missed out on and would have got promoted. We got him in. Brian, yes, Brian's been a crop job, but still, oh, Brian from Fulham. Fulham have been promoted, and he was a part of it. Like Campbell, again, all these, you know, Norton Cuffey. So the players that have actually been bought in were probably better than the players we had last season, but we've absolutely dropped like a stone. Now, I think personally it goes into a little bit what I've been saying till I'm blue in the face and sorry if I'm repeating myself over and over and over again. But this division from the teams who went down and the teams who came up from League One, this is a strong division this year. Really, really strong. Yes, yeah. we've got some players who are past their sell-by date. Murray Wallace, you said it after the Cardiff show, Nick. Um, Sean Hutchinson, obviously. Um, Fleming, could he go yes or no? But also, let's not beat around the bush. And this is, again, another point where I don't want to say I told you so, because I, I get proved wrong with loads of things in life. Just ask the wife. But <laughs> at the start of the season, when every single fan was, or not every single fan, but you guys on the show and a lot of fans going, yeah, push for the top six, push, push for the top eight. I was sitting there going... We've been punching above our weight for years. We've been, it's a combination of sort of older players who should be moved on, a strong division, and we've just been fanned out now. We've been fanned out, we're overachievers. So now, yes, maybe one point above the drop zone isn't ideally where we want to be placed, but are we really surprised if we'd be anywhere near mid table? I think we, I think we, I think we should be. I don't think we're as bad as we, as we, as we collectively, I mean, talking about everyone online, offline, wherever you want. I think we sometimes accept things that are just so because that's how it's always been at Mill. I, I think that Joe Edwards has come in with a task and that task is to take us up in terms of expectation of football. Um, yes, he, he, he probably can't do that too much further with this squad as it stands at the moment. We've, we've mentioned a couple of times already on the show the quality of the Leicester City side. And there've been other sides that we've we've seen along the way this season where you think, yeah, that's that's a that's a lip switch being the, the obvious one, but there's been some others. Um, we we have to we have to aim higher, otherwise all we're ever going to be is this shuttle club. Now, if if you if we accept that, then fine. Well, you know, I'm, I'm that's all I've known since 1972, largely speaking, Michael. We've hovered between the third division and the second tier, second division. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, if we want to aim any higher, and I do think that James Berylson has the the ambition to aim higher than that, um, then we've either got to sign players and spend the money because that's where you get it from. You've got to develop them, and we'll come back to Romain Essay in a little bit because we're not seeing probably the most promising player we've all seen for some time in a Mill shirt at the moment. 
for whatever reason. Well, you try and improve the players you have. There's probably a limit to how much improvement most of our squad can manage. But if we're going to aim any higher, then, as we've said a few times, then there's got to be ins and outs during the course of, if not January, certainly January to survive, then in the summertime, presuming that we survive in the Championship. Because it's not going to happen any other way. We've got to either sign them or develop them. And at the moment, we, we seem to be falling into a strange twilight zone where um, we're not seeing any youngsters in the side. Um, we're seeing the same, uh, you know, the starting eleven last night, maybe we've got lone players mixed in with established names. Um, and we, that was a very Rowett-esque performance last night. I mean, Gary would have been oozing with joy if he'd had seen you know, 90% of the game last night is only the, the, the self-inflicted errors that let us down. But at yeah. the moment, it's hard to see... It's hard to see how the Joe Edwards plan progresses at the moment with this squad because that if, if we're going to start to play passing, for, you know, forward-thinking football, as, 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 the, as we've been told is, is the aim, and I, I personally like that aim, listeners, then it's got to be done with other players other than the ones we've got because this this squad don't I don't think are capable of playing it, Michael. Um, yeah. So January is 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 going to be in an interesting month. We didn't see Romain Essay last night. Um, I upset a lot of people online the other day when um, when um, I suggested that maybe there's ulterior motives so it's not seeing Romain, but. Um, I can't imagine any any other reason as to why we're not seeing him at the moment, other than you say. Do you know what you say that? Yeah, you say that, and I get it. I really, really do. But it's 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 that cliche, you know. It, it, it's you don't know what happens behind closed doors. You don't you don't see him at training and all this. Like we we see at the moment, at the moment we're seeing glimmers glimmers of him for 10, 15 minutes and think he's doing all right. You know, we we see him doing little bits and pieces, or he's in and out. And when he's in and out, he's all right. But we're not seeing the day-to-day things that happen in training. No, I, mean, a great, no. I mean, a great example, well, I've, well, not a great example, but two examples, I should I say. You know, like uh, Neil Harris a few years ago when they said about Jed Wallace being in, in and out of the team um, a few years back. He was like, well, Jed Wallace has, you know, got a newborn baby and mm. he's tired at the moment. Mm. So, you know, he, he ain't got 90 minutes in him because he's up all night with a baby kind of thing. Um, and also as well, it's like, um, another another great example I'd like to use here. It's, it's like a, it's, it's like a lesser man's version, but you probably remember years ago, Nick. You know, in the mid two thousands, when we had like Ashley Grimes from Man City. You know, every single time he came on the pitch, he would do something. He'd score a goal. He'd get the match winner. He would get the equaliser. Kenny Jackett never played him. Now I know Ashley Grimes is a lot different to um, SA, you know, with his potential and all that kind of thing. But similar situation, you've got a player who, from what we see, deserves to be starting deserves to be in the in the thick of it, deserves to be part of the action, but he ain't starting. And why? Probably because of you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. No, you don't. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Achtung, Mailball. We're joined, listeners, by Harry. Beamed the in voice from, of reason. <laughs> beaming in from a, a location somewhere in Essex. How are you doing, H? I'm very well. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're fine, mate. Yeah, good. Um, we've just been just been discussing last night's um, loss and how how things might progress because at the moment it's hard to see where Joe Edwards is going to take this squad other than by changing it half of you know lock stock and barrel. How do you see matters at the moment, mate? Um, I'll answer the first part of that question. Where will Joe Edwards take us at the moment as we sit here now, League One? Um, <laughs> Um, that's not to say, I, I, I say that and everyone's sort of like, oh, fucking hell, you're Joe Edwards out. Oh, I'm not. I just understand that we're probably going to get relegated and you have to either admit that you're going to get relegated and you're going to build this project, which is going to take more than this transfer window to play this lovely brand of football. And it is when it works. It's lovely to watch. Or you're going to have to fuck him off before January and get someone in who wants to do more of the same and try and keep us up. And I think it is a very... I think it is a binary choice because I don't think you're going to be able to do both. Um, but I, I, I saw parts of last night, I get. Um, but, you know, the elephant in the room is the keeper's fucking £1.2 million of shit. Um, and I thought, basically, that's the reason... This was a family show, night. Harry, till you come on. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but we're not a family club, although we did win a family of the club. Family of the year, Oh, the keeper. Let's talk about Sarkic, boys, because um, it's a big question. I, I, I don't personally understand the choice of Sarkic over Bar. if I'm going to be honest. I, 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 can, I can understand how a manager might look at Bart and think he's got certain flaws to his game, but his overriding talent is shot-stopping. And at the moment, I mean... I didn't particularly want to pick out Sarkic because I, I get that, you know, the goalkeeping is a lonely profession. Um, but, you know, it was his mistake on, on Saturday that gave um, one, sorry, it was nil-nil, so there's one point that's been given away from a real perspective Saturday. And we were winning last night until two, you know, you can talk about how much of the uh, goals, uh, one all and then 2-1 last night was his mistake, but certainly was he was in the mix for them. And, you know, as we saw with George Long, if you don't have a decent keeper, it costs you points quite rapidly. And we cost, we're cost bleeding points at the moment. Would we have bled those points with Barton goal? We mightn't have survived last night, but we probably would have done at Cardiff. Um, I, think, I, think oh, point, I think the three goals, if you look at the three goals in isolation, 
I'm not going to look at the rest of his performance or any saves that he did make. I mean, he did make quite a good save in the lead up to the equalising goal. Mm. And we don't clear our lines right. But he seemed to... We conceded that equalising goal. I don't really think he's at fault for that. Fair enough. But the the second... Uh, no, it's the equaliser. Yeah, the equaliser, I think, is the one... equaliser was that loop, looping header, wasn't it? That, yeah, kind the one of, where he's... The, he one kind of half came down. for it. Yeah. yeah, he's halfway down the M1. Um, fucking, you know, back towards the coach. Um, and if you're a keeper and you do that, you have to come and clatter everyone. He didn't clatter yeah. anyone. You know, no, you've got to I agree with that. Someone out. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second, the second one, I, I just the second goal, I don't, I don't get again. Um, and then the third goal, Honeyman somehow manages. You know, Millwall probably. Let's be honest, we're probably tired. He ain't touched the ball much. I don't like Honeyman, but he's taken a sort of shocking touch in the area. And it's Listen, he was good against Dartford in pre-season last year. Oh, excellent. When <laughs> Didn't everyone give him player of the season last year at Dartford? <laughs> Isn't that I seem to remember. Um, but yeah, I, I, just, I just think in isolation, Sarkic is probably a fine goalkeeper, but I don't think he's number one. And, and the problem is, is our, our Bart seems to thrive on runs of games. And he's not the kind of keeper that you can sort of take out for three games and bring back in. No, he's not. Good. No, I agree. So, I agree. so we've taken him out now and put someone in who's turned out to be shit, in my opinion. And I, I still, I still just can't get it. Like Bart is a ridiculously old goalkeeper and had no knees when we signed him. Let alone, you know, that was the whole Bart sort of signing saga, if you remember back right that. Ipswich wanted money, but he only the medical found something wrong with his knee, and and then he had to go back, and then he come on a mutual agreement or whatever. So there's a saga with Bart's fitness. How much of that's playing into it, I don't know. What what I do know about Bart is, that, as you said, his shot stopping is the best at the club. He's better than Sarkic, um, from what I've seen. And do I think that he'd have made the error that Sarkic would have made last night? for one of their three goals, and we only lost by one goal. OK, admittedly, the goal that we got was in the last kick, last throws of the game, but that's still by the by. We we, we could have drawn 2-2 last night, and we could have drawn against Cardiff. And when you're down in the mire like we are, those points and moments matter. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, th- I think Sarkic is... The, 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 the most I'll say about Sarkic, Harry, is that he's an OK goalkeeper to a level. I don't think he's number one choice. Um... Bart Bielkowski, he's as we've said, he's, you know, he's, he's a shot stopper that maybe doesn't uh, distribute the ball as well as as well as a manager might ask for in this modern modern time. But I don't really see that much out of Sarkic that's saying to me there's there's a master distributor of the ball. So I don't quite understand the, the and, and Edwards has joined Rowett in this desire to have Sarkic as number one um, for reasons that are defeating me. But anyway, let's 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 leave that aside because. I mean, Michael, I, I think that the the defence the defence is weak, and it gets it gets it did well for maybe eighty five percent of the game, but unfortunately we lost the game with some poor defending. Each of the goals you can talk about um, Sarkic, and he might be an easy an easy um, scapegoat, but I think actually it's as much about poor defending really because. Sarkic is who he is. He's not a physically imposing goalkeeper, but you look for your defenders. And I think it was the the first loopy header where Jake gets beaten to the punch. And that's supposed to be Jake's uh, forte. You know, big man. He wins the ball 99% of the time. He didn't there. He got beaten to it. So I think you've got to look elsewhere. Sarkic is easy. I just think you've got to look at his defence, Michael. 
I think the thing is, at the end of the day, and I know it's very difficult to say as a Millwall fan because I'm one of them as well, but we just need to look at this. You keep saying it in the cold light of day. You know, what will happen is, is Harden will have one or two good games and he's the new Messiah. Everyone thinks he's brilliant. Why was he out so long under Rowett? I don't think he played massively particularly well last night. Jake Cooper. Oh, can't believe Jake Cooper's out of the side. What a brilliant player. He's unbelievable. Oh, nine million from Rangers. I wouldn't sell him. That's got to be double. Cooper, for me, is only as good as the centre-half alongside of him. You know, if you have someone alongside him who's um, not particularly brilliant, that sort of rubs off of him a little bit. Remember, as I've said before, Cooper only only really got back in the side from that promotion season because Byron Webster got injured. Jake Cooper and... By, um, Jake Cooper started the season, got dropped for Byron Webster. He, he played a few games. We got a little bit more. Uh, we got a little bit more comfortable, and then Byron Webster got injured, and then Cooper was back in, and then the rest, as they say, is history. Um, Murray Wallace question marks were raised when he was even signed in the first place. He done well when he got Player of the Year, and he was pretty steady. But again, you've said it a little while ago, Nick. He's a League One scumfork defender. Norton Cuffey, he's this new breed of fullback who doesn't actually know how to defend. Um, McNamara can't McNamara can't track trap a ball. But again, we say about the defence being weak and the defence needing changing. That's again not beat around the bush. We could have had a very that Leicester City team have beaten better defences than what we've got. So oh, absolutely. again, I think, I think we again we need to take into context how good Leicester were last night. Again with Ipswich, how good Ipswich were. Um, you need to take these things into context. I think if we defensively played like that against like QPR or Rotherham or or someone like that, then yeah, there's the question marks. But when you're being ripped apart by a top of the table, who, let's be honest, they've got have they got something like ten points more than Burnley had last year at this time when Burnley they're got going promoted? great. You can see why they're going great guns. They were they were a strong side, and I think you're right because perspective is is in order. Um, I think they put four past Plymouth. Someone was saying the other day, um, who are not a bad side, you know. But so I think everyone's going to get put to the sword to some extent. And we we weren't entirely. I think the frustrating part about the last couple of games really is that our own self inflicted errors have cost us. And, and I that's think that's what, what it is. That's and, what hurts. And ultimately, that's just again, I mean this in a in a compliment way to him. But our best player this season, aside aside from Denor, even with him involved in the conversation, is a centre midfield converted into a centre back who's injured half the time, and he's been well, our best player. Yeah. You know, um, I think well, I, I think it's 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 not the thing is it's not even a case of it. it's just trying to fix the defence and be fine. We say it all the time, and it's a patience thing. And I know everyone's going, "Oh, we can't be patient anymore. We're only one point above the drop." Get that. But this is the decision of the board. This is the decision of the club. Ultimately, fixing that defence ain't gonna ain't gonna ain't gonna fix everything. You know, it will stop leaking as many goals. But now we've got a problem. We ain't really scoring. I think we only really scored yesterday because Leicester took their foot off the gas and they didn't think we was going to get in. Nisbet got his chance and, and tapped it in. Very similar to the Ipswich game. They were three 0 up and cruising. Didn't think they'd, they'd concede. And whoops, we've let one in. But we ain't going to lose it. Um, and that's the problem. We're, we're, we're not. I say, I say when when you watch teams play against us, the Southamptons, the Leeds, and all that. And again, I'm, I'm not just saying these because these got budgets, but you're not seeing the transitional play that you see from these teams near the top of the table. You're not seeing the strikers who are getting on the end of crosses or you know finding those gaps or sitting on the defenders' shoulders. It's not just the defence for me. It's all over the pitch. Apart from Casper Denore and Ryan Leonard, who's had a cons- consistently good season at Millwall. I can't think well, of anyone. I don't think, I, I don't think that. Let's be honest, since Edwards come in, fuck me. It's like throwing a dartboard at the... I've, this is the only criticism I've got, is that could you name the team, honestly, could you 
get eleven out of eleven that he's going to play on Saturday, right? As we no, see five five changes last night. You know, yeah, but Harry, um, but Harry, again, again, everyone was saying that, but everyone's been saying all season how shit Fleming's been, and he drops Fleming. Yeah. Yeah, so give him credit I, there, I, where it's due. I, I'm just being fair. I'm not trying to be an, uh, an Edwards Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I agree, I, mate. I, I agree. Point, at this point, I couldn't give a shit who Millwall manager is. I, I am just sitting here watching the club. Uh, you know, how many years have we sat on this pod? And I think it's a very important point to make. Because I don't think any other... I don't listen to any other pod, so I couldn't give a fuck if, they're, if I'm repeating what they've said. But this is, <laughs> this is, all, I, this is all the club's fault. The club is always six months behind where it needs to be. Um, and, and Gary Rowett, at the end of last season, managed to take a promotion-winning side and not get promoted. That side needed to be broken up and needed needed major renewal works in the summer. You know, we we, we, we managed to somehow, you know, get the battered fucking... The, the, we managed to get the battered Batmobile to, to near enough get over the line. And, and it was the last, you know, it was the last chance for a battered Sean Hutchinson, uh, 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 Jake Cooper and Murray Wallace as as a defensive unit together. What the club needed to do in the summer is go, thank you very much, Gary, on you go. But we don't do that because we don't we don't think ahead at Millwall. We've we've gone for something which is a really exciting project and a really exciting vision that the club has of the future. The problem is is that that's brilliant looking six, eight months down the line of, oh, we're playing this lovely football. I don't think the club really realised that I don't actually think for all of the Twitter bollocks about Gary Rowett, and I'm the main man that was fucking calling for Rowett to go for a fucking long no. time. My point with Gary Rowett was that I never got Gary Rowett not getting what you needed to do to get the den on side. I could take Gary Rowett going 11 men behind the ball and winning one new away from home because that's the perfect away performance for me as Millwall Football Club. But he could never get the den. This manager, the most important for whatever manager we got in was to start making us difficult to beat at the den. And being playing open with this defence is not going to make us difficult at the den. And that would be my, that would be my criticism. You know, I, I understand footballing principles. I totally understand that. And it's probably fine to have a go at Leicester. And it's probably fine to have a go at Leeds. You know what I mean? In terms of an attacking mate. But you can't get beat by QPR. You can't get beat by Huddersfield. Well, and I don't think our defence is good enough to not concede to every game. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We've, got, we've, got a crucial, we've got a crucial series of games coming up now. We've got Huddersfield. On Saturday, then we've got Stoke away, I think, and then and then uh, QPR Boxing Day. Um, so the January transfer window don't open till January the first at the earliest. So we've got to somehow get get some points out of those three games because they're crucial games, Harry. I must admit, I, it's the first time I've looked at the season, I'm starting to think, well, I can't see, I can't see us getting anything out of those games because I don't see the the team doesn't seem to have. Um, a spine because last night when it was going a bit, um, you know, off the rails just after half time, we've, we've given away a silly goal. We need somebody on on the field that t- takes charge. We don't seem to have that. Um, George Savile was the obvious choice, but um, there's no, there doesn't seem to be much leadership yeah. when it was needed most. There seemed to be panic rather than leadership. But that's a hangover from the previous, from yeah, the previous yeah. boss who decided to get rid of any kind of Millwall bollocks, any um, personality. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it was. That's and that's what that's what's finally happened. Millwall are, Millwall require a Terry Erlock or a George Savile song or you know someone that embodies yeah, the yeah. club and the values that it instills. 
that's why having a manager that didn't do that for five years is so damaging. Um, and because he has he has gone, and it's partly his choice to leave. Let's remember, ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't solely Millwall who decided it was time for Gary to go. Gary wanted to go himself um, before anyone sort of jumps on Twitter and starts fucking cunting the ball off, which is ridiculous. Um, but I really don't care. I've had enough of Millwall on Twitter, um, <laughs> and, and and we're at a point where you know just just have a little bit of a let's all have a little bit of a sensible pill. You know, if Edwards loses the next three games, right, we're we're going to be fucked. But then the club will have to make a decision. I don't think it will make the right decision, but I know what my decision would be because it's not like I'm not sitting here thinking, mm, can we financially afford to be building a training ground and be in League One? Mm, probably not. Probably can't do both. Probably can't afford to get relegated really in this season of all the seasons, but we probably will. So, so you know, um, as I said before, I like what Joe Edwards is doing football-wise, but that football may end up getting us relegated. So, uh, you know, I can't if see. If I mean, we're, if we're fine, if we're fine with that, we'll continue. But if we're not fine with that and it starts to turn nasty, the board's going to have to have bollocks to either go, no, this is the plan, come what may, or they'll have to fight, do something they don't do, which is fire managers, and that's almost that's. And the problem is, is that's accepting that. James Burleson's first managerial appointment was a mistake, and I don't think they want to do that. You know, that's not good. Look, I don't, I, I, I don't. I mean, there's there's a whole kind of internet, Twitter. I don't know if it's a movement or there's certainly voices <laughs> out there calling for for Joe Edwards. I'm just looking at one here, JP Mill two. Edwards has fully lost the plot. He says he changes the formation every week, five changes every game. Well, I think there was reasons for. The changes last night. Some of them weren't bad changes, in my opinion. I don't think a, a benching Fleming actually made us look better last night. It was a great drive. Oh, I agree with that. I agree so I don't think we looked the worst team for um, Zian Fleming sat on the on the bench personally. Um, but anyway, that, you know that's 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 that kind of um, call. Harry is is doing the rounds. I think it's well early in. I think it's three games. I think it's three games early. I think if you not because of the amount of games, I just think it's who they're against. In terms of if Stoke beat us and QPR beat us, you could be six points behind. And then when you start going six points behind and you're in the relegation zone, people at any other club would naturally start looking at the manager. And the fact that the manager, if that is what happens, we'd have, what, four points out of his tenure? You know, you know, these are facts. It doesn't matter. You know, I'd watched his interview last night. Oh, you know, things need to change. We need to get it to change for us. Okay, that's fine. But if it doesn't change in another three games, that's another nine points that have potentially slipped by. That's another, and two of those games are against your rivals. If we win on Saturday, all will change. Everything will be great. It's fine. We are a bipolar football club. We absolutely understand that. But at some point, there needs to be a sensible pill going, we are doing this come what may. So you're all going to have to get on board with it. You know, we're, we're playing this style and this is what we're backing. Um, I don't think, and this is this is not a dig at Joe Edwards, I think Joe Edwards is a very, very good football coach and I actually can see what he's trying to do. I just don't think after Gary Rowie, it was particularly going to be an easy appointment for anyone. And I think that's very, very clear now. I don't, I don't personally think relegation ever does anyone any good. I mean, there's always this, this strange idea that I read online that somehow we can have a clear out, like having a good old bowl of, all brand can clear you out, listeners, and that somehow you're gonna you're gonna have like a, a, a Christmas a, a, curry and have it. Yeah, a good Christmas <laughs> curry and and, and uh, you know, a couple of pints on top of that, and it will clear you out. 
I don't buy that because League One is a wasteland and you don't want to be falling back into it. Um, they are three crucial games, though, as Harry's just said, Michael. So we've got to find some spine from somewhere. I didn't see enough spine last night when things were going wrong. That's that's a problem for us in, the, in this team. Yeah. I think the thing is, as well, is that everyone's saying, oh, you know, or that JP, what's his name, was saying, you know, oh, he's changing this, he's changing that, he don't know what he's doing, he's lost the plot. He's a brand new manager, and not not even in the literal sense of brand new, as in he's never done it before, like ever. You know, he's coached and he has managed other other teams, but he's brand new to us, and he's still trying to work out who's 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 going to fit him in where. You know, there's there's too many squares and not enough round round holes at the moment, and he's trying to find out what goes where and. and it's it's weird. It's, it's like he, he he manages to plug a hole, put his finger in somewhere, and then another league comes out somewhere else. He's put his finger there, and it's not even the case that he's come in. There's again like Millwall Twitter and Millwall people who are, who are moaning about him. Again, you're entitled to your opinions, and I'm not knocking you for it. But he's not. He, it's not like when Moyes took over Man United and got a title-winning team who had won the title in Championship League to ninth. We was in fucking free fall under Rower anyway. We were losing three, four, five nil every week. So he's coming. He's not taking. He's not taking over a team who you know was playing beautiful, amazing, wonderful football, and everyone was in perfect cohesion, and everyone was happy, and you know it was the Wizard of Oz, and everyone's dancing around you know the Emerald City. Ooh. You know it was it was a nightmare under Gary Rowett. We were losing every week. Millwall Leeds didn't feel like a, a Millwall Leeds. Jesus. Like Harry said. Michael what? Avery has just criticised Gary Rowett. I've just literally fallen off my fucking chair. This has happened. <laughs> this happens. Yeah. You're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Achtung, Milbein. Harry, there's there's two ways to improve a football squad, in my opinion. One is you can sign players. One is you can, well, maybe three ways, actually. You can improve the players you've got. I think there might be limits on that. Or you can dig out the nuggets of gold that might be lurking in your, um, you know, youth side <laughs> and so on. Um, I got, I, I got caused a lot of upset. It was almost like the horses started bolting in the stables when I suggested that the club might be having to consider possibly um, transferring Roman Essay, hopefully for big money in January. I mean, I've got nothing to base this on, listeners. It's not a rumor, and I'm not trying to spread kind of alarm I think I've and seen a fear. Room. I've seen a different rumour, but yeah, go on. <laughs> but um, we didn't see him last night. We haven't seen much of Roman. I mean, transfers have got to be paid for. I don't, I don't know that any other route where you generate the money to get decent players in other than by selling whatever players you have. There's a wheeling and dealing aspect to that. I don't know anything about Roman Essay and his, his, his movements, but it would seem to be an obvious asset that you could move along in January and hopefully use that to bring in players that can play this Joe Edwards style. Where, where do you see it, mate? Uh, I wouldn't sell SA for all of the gold in Christendom. Um, that's my opinion. What if, the, what if the gold of Christendom was on offer, though? I mean, we don't know. Uh, I gold, don't know. The gold of Christendom, to me, is Fleming money from last season for the boy. So we don't do that because English players are worth more, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That is the way the market is. Um, so, yeah, everyone can go and get fucked. Um, in the meantime, is that our official podcast position? In the in the and also yeah, Steve Cavanagh's. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I won't talk about Cavanagh's South End side as I play football now with two 
Sapin fans who don't particularly have nice things to say about him. Um, but yeah, moving swiftly away from Southend United Football Club's mess, if you want to have a look at them for what can happen if you don't deal with transition very well, um, as a cautionary tale, or Scunthorpe, funny enough, who we've mentioned, who were uh, pushing them. to get into yeah. the championship. Um, Amaku's the one that will go first, mark my words anyway. But um, that's that's my opinion. Amaku apparently has been looked at by Atletico Madrid. Oh, yeah, so Atletico Madrid. It was in the paper. I saw it in the paper. It must be true. But um, but no, the difference the difference is is you laugh, but the difference is is these clubs now can throw five million quid at you, and it's fuck all to them. But it's major money to us still. Well, and that, that's absolutely that's the kind absolutely. of difference. Problem is, is is this this is my problem, right? And this is this is my problem with it. Is like. I know I don't want to dig them out again, but fuck it, I'm gonna. Campbell and Longman just take up wages, squad space, minutes. They're they're not helping any of us in any way, shape, or time. I also saw a new nickname for for Billy Mitchell last night, and I love Billy Mitchell. But it was it was backwards. Billy has come on, and I thought it was fucking brilliant. I just started pissing myself because it's kind of hard to true. Yeah, anyway, boys, you're both you're both at work. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna love you and leave you. I'm gonna say thank you to Michael for joining this this post match. Wake up. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Michael. Thanks for joining during during your working day, mate. I appreciate Happy Christmas. It. Enjoy Huddersfield, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus Christ. Oh, mate, Harry. Again, same same, mate. I appreciate you joining the show. Um, give us a score prediction for Saturday, Huddersfield. Uh, one 0 Millwall. 1-0 Millwall. That'd be nice. I'm praying for that. Michael, give us a two, score prediction. 2-1 Millwall. We can't we can't moan about the defence and then have a clean sheet. I'm, I'm <laughs> praying for a win. I'm praying for a win. I'm praying for a win. I'm, I'm praying that we don't have a group on Germans all around me in that block one. Which you is need to move stands, mate. I'm gonna, I'm, I may move stands, listeners. I need... Give me some suggestions where I can move to. I want a nice supportive group of people around me that's going to give me... Comment. <laughs> <laughs> I might come over there. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make me a different podcast if I did? Get the dicks up. Get the dicks Yeah, you were grass, mate. You were fucking grass. grass. Oh, oh you old Bill. Sit, sit, sitting your way in for a laugh. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Anyway, appreciate it, chaps. Thanks for listening to Actung Millwall. It's, uh, we'll be back at the weekend. Actually, I've got a, a voicemail show to do, so there'll be a separate edition. I, did, I didn't combine last week, made for a long, long old lesson. So we'll do a voicemail show separately. Until then, until the uh, voicemail show on the weekend, I'll leave a dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Achtung, Millwall. And the answer to today's punditgames.co.uk question, it's a uh, right-sided midfielder who scored twice for Everton as they beat relegation on the last day of the season in 1994, playing alongside Anders Limpar. Uh, a team including Gary Ablett, Ian Snowden, Tony Cotty, ex-Millwall player, uh, on the right side of midfield that day, scored twice. Graham Stewart, Graham Stewart for Everton that particular day. So do visit punditgames.co.uk for a fantastic football trivia game. Uh, many, many different genres of football. Um, whatever your name, I, whatever your age, don't matter about your name, whatever your age, and your your football or upbringing, shall we say, you'll find questions to suit on in punditgames.co.uk. Until the next edition of Acton Millwall, it's uh, me signing off, Nick Hart, 
Arrivederci mule and bye for now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.